There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing today? Oh, you did your intro too quick. I'm still eating my croissant. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm eating croissants. Croissant? Oh, no. Croissants. Oh. It's the morning here. It's the morning time. I've got, I've <laughs> got, a, do- I've got a little dog on... I've got a little dog on my lap, and I'm eating a croissant. Life is good. Oh, living the dream, Pete. Living the dream as always. And I've living got the dream. this, what can only be described as purified Red Bull drink called uh, Lipobitamin. No, I've said that wrong. Lipobitan <laughs> D. It's awkward because it sounds like vitamin, but it's not. But it's basically like, mm. uh, I don't know if you recall, a few weeks ago we talked about how when you go into a convenience store in Japan, uh, near the entrance, they have like energy jellies, right? And they also have hangover cures and these kind of drinks that look like medicines. And the one I've got, it's called the name I read out earlier. I'm not doing it again. I'm not going to balls that up. But it's this kind of, it's basically like if you take a can of Red Bull, you take out the carbonation, you just take out the fizziness and then you yeah. purify it. You purify it and distill it into a small glass bottle. <laughs> That's a word, isn't it? Pure, <laughs> that is what I'm purifying like. a Red Bull. Yeah. Purify Red Bull. It's uh, it. it's it's just it's just sugar and caffeine in a and, it and maybe and vit and taurine and maybe some vitamin C just to make the kids happy. It's, it's and, potent. And a lot of it's. I mean, do you need it this late in the evening? What time is it where you are? It's six o'clock in the evening, and I've got a long mm. evening of editing ahead uh, after today's right. podcast. So drink this, and I, I can take the world by storm. And edit lots of shots of a car in a field, which is what the new video is. I don't know if I mentioned Yay. I'm working on a video uh, about driving in Japan. I think on Sunday I mentioned how I spent half the day rummaging through a forest trying to get a shot of a sign warning me about bears. This week, um, in the very same video, I've filmed all sorts of shots. Cars drive the, my car kind of driving through these nice rice fields. Um, I've got a scene with a missile blowing things up, which. Is it, it's certainly at odds. It's a contrast and a weird uh, contrast to the uh, the nice scenery, but uh, yeah, it's a mm. weird video I, as you can tell. I mean, what if you'd been what if you'd been caught by a bear and <laughs> and eaten? I don't think 
I love you, Chris, but I don't think I could possibly bring myself not to laugh when I announced on the podcast that there would be no more podcasts because Chris has been eaten by a bear. I just, I cannot, I, 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 it would be a solemn, <laughs> terrible moment, but me telling people that you'd been eaten by a bear uh, would make me, it would just be such a stupid thing for you to have done just because you were dr- trying to do a driving video, you crazy, they'd, crazy person. They'd find me inside the bear holding my camera, yeah. trying to get a video well, for YouTube. Obviously, the bear would be the, the ne- next guest on the podcast, and we'd, just, we'd try and muddle along, but knowing that he'd eaten you, uh, <laughs> that you're inside somewhere. What a horrible, a sordid, a disgusting story. image to what kick off this, this podcast on, on Wednesday. I must say, um, <laughs> we always, I love what's one of the tropes of the Abroad Japan podcast. We've got Coolish, uh, we've mm. got. Uh, that's that's one of the two tropes. The second trope is yeah. we always talk about bears. There's always some sort of bear yeah. story. Bears everywhere. Well, it's 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 it's. I think people are surprised that bears just live because we're told that bears are scary things, and and maybe mm. to Americans, bears living in in the woods isn't such a, a a weird phenomenon. But I mean, I think for anyone who's, I think the scariest animal that lives in the forest for us is like a, a dirty old fox or a, <laughs> or a or a TV a TB carrying uh, badger. Um, so the worst we're going to get is tuber- tuberculosis. Yeah, well, the worst we're going to get is tuber- t- tuberculosis. Um, and the worst you're going to get is a fucking bear chomping your head off. <laughs> it's true. It is true. I remember when I first moved here, I was alarmed by that. And obviously there's I'm a alarmed. lot of snakes. Alarmed, Pete. Oh, alarmed yeah. by the presence of alarmed. bears. And <laughs> heaven knows... We have had a lot of bear stories on the podcast over the years, each more interesting than the last. Uh, but today, mm. I come to you, ladies and gentlemen, with another story about a bear that will give you some encouragement if you do come across a bear in the wild in Japan, like my good friend Quinlan, who was up a mountain recently and spotted one from afar. But this one involves a woman uh, who had a very up-close experience, basically, in, the town, uh, in a town near Hiroshima uh, last Thursday. A, a woman called Rumiko Sasaki and her husband were doing some weeding in their backyard at 5pm when they looked up to see a gigantic bear there. And by gigantic, it wasn't that gigantic. Um, it was a, the bears in Japan are actually not too big. Black bears are about 150 centimetres, so not too tall. Um, but the woman, Rumiko, is about 82 years old, right? Which, she was a little bit vulnerable. Nevertheless, in her own words, she said... I, I turned to the bear and I went, ah, and then I threw him off me and sent him flying. I think I hit him a few times and then he ran away, which is incredible. This 82-year-old woman taking on a fully grown black bear in the mountains of Hiroshima and somehow winning. And she came <laughs> off, I think, with just a scratch across her face, but nothing wow. too serious, no life-changing injuries, but a story of optimism for those of you that are worried about confronting a black bear in the mountains of Japan. What do you reckon, Pete? I think she just hit herself in the face with a cupboard. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> blamed it on a bear. Blamed it on a bear. <laughs> she just fell over, blamed it on a bear because she felt foolish. She was a liar, a lying bear lady. That's what I'm calling it. 
Poor old but, yeah. Rumiko Sasaki. You've taken what, 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 what a, a feat, feat though. Like, I mean, I, but like, never fuck with an old lady. Never. Is it Obasan? What they what they call those um, the old old people in um, like Obachan. Old ladies in Obachan. Obachan. That like, yeah, never fuck with them. They're they're they're, they're vicious. They're dangerous. They're scary. They've seen more shit. dangerous. More dangerous than an Asian black bear. Um, but they are smaller. There are a much more dangerous variety of bears, the the Ezor brown bear, which is in Hokkaido, and they are much bigger and much more dangerous, and they've been known to eat people, whereas the black bear, it only attacks people if it gets startled, right? So if you come around the corner singing, listen to stuff on your iPod, iPods don't even exist. I'm still, what am I on about? On your iPhone. Listening to stuff on your iPod. Remember, remember the iPod P? Wasn't it wonderful? Cara, Cara the iPod. Yeah, listening to um, the Rolling Stones song Start Me Up from the Windows 95 campaign. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, cool, cool. Kick you listen to Start Me Up, Rolling Audacious. Stones. Walk yeah. around the corner, bang, there's a black bear in your face. The bear is going to be scared. It's going to be startled. It's going to mess you up, but it won't eat you, whereas the brown bear will. So be wary of that. Be extra careful if you're in Hokkaido. In the yeah, if you, if you see a bear, ask, are you a brown or a black bear? It's kind of dark. <laughs> I, I can't see the hue of your fur. <laughs> but that is uh, uh, one of the two uplifting news stories I've read this week. Another news story, mm. I'm not sure it's uplifting. As we all know, Japan has the Yakuza, uh, one of the largest crime organisations on the planet, rapidly shrinking from its peak of about 100,000 members today. It's about 28,000 members strong. And the uh, the biggest faction is, of course, the Yamaguchi Gumi, with about 8,900 members based around the Kobe area. Um, but f- for some reason, uh, the police have cracked down on them recently uh, because the Yamaguchi Gumi, the Yakuza, have been handing out sweets to local children every Halloween. And they've decided this isn't a good idea because they are a gang. And so they've actually banned the Yakuza. They've told the Yakuza they have to stop handing out Halloween sweets to children or they have to pay a hefty fine of a few hundred dollars. Isn't that sad? Or is that a good thing? That's not sad, is well, it? That is definitely a good thing. Well, <laughs> um, I'm sort of thinking like Yakuza, when they've had their um, little fingers chiseled off because they've done something terrible, um, they sometimes get their fingers replaced, don't they? They're like um, mm. these master craftsmen create these, these new um, little fingers for them. You know, you're handing out candy, you're going really quick. You're going to lose a finger. Kids are going to be chewing on a little plastic nubbin, aren't they, if they're not very careful? <laughs> very that's true. going to be problematic, isn't it? Definitely. That's that's the main reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's in, the Yakuza have a very interesting relationship with the Japanese public. Um, I remember reading about how in 1995, when the great Kanto, sorry, not Kanto, the great Kansai earthquake happened, the, the Kobe earthquake, um, the Yamaguchi Gumi and the Yakuza, they came in with helicopters with aid to help people. And that was the greatest PR stunt they've ever pulled. And I guess this kind of Halloween handing out candy to the kids is another kind of PR stunt, right? To show them that uh, they're not all scary individuals. But there's, yeah, they have a very odd relationship. A lot of Japanese people I speak to are fond of the Yakuza. They sort of see them as these kind of heroic individuals. And we've got a story coming up slightly later on. Uh, from a listener talking about how the Yakuza helped uh, a region in Japan that was affected by the earthquake and the tsunami in 2011. And the region in question actually uh, is kind of returned the favour to the Yakuza in a rather unique and interesting way. Um, But 
It's yeah. It seems that over the years, though, the Yakuza have been shrinking and declining. The government had a massive crackdown on them uh, in the last five years, basically making it to very difficult to live life as a, a gang member in Japan, something that was probably a long time coming. But uh, doing things like banking became a lot more difficult. They've got these sort of strict anti-gang laws uh, for public safety reasons that have been ramped up over the years. So in a few years, there's a good chance the Yakuza will be all but gone, more or less, and there'll be no candy for anyone. Well, it's sort of like, um, I mean, it's it's all kind of like white-collar crime, isn't it? It's just a kind of, um, we said it before, um, like housing. They're all into like real estate and fraud and credit card fraud and things like that. But, I mean, they can be nicey-nicey, but they've built their whole um, careers and they've built their whole empires off um, generations and generations of uh, extorting uh, business owners and, 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 and people for yeah, so so you can put a nice face on it. You can have a romantic vision of any uh, organized crime, like the you know the um, mafia in, in Italy mm. um, and, and and the yakuza in Japan. But um, it, all in all, I think you got to have a bit of perspective about it, haven't you? <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, I mean, no the reality helicopter. is the, re- <laughs> the reality how'd you, is how how do you buy that helicopter? That's what I ask. How do you buy it? Oh God! No, the reality is they're not that. They're not that great, are they? I mean, I remember uh, I was booking a hotel for a friend once. We were going to stay in Shinjuku in Kabukicho, the heart of Shinjuku, a gritty area that has undergone a dramatic facelift in the last three or four years, the run-up to the Olympics. And it's not half as gritty as it used to be, but it was back then. And I remember we booked this hotel. It was near the one with the Godzilla statue. And just before we were going to check in, a few days beforehand, there was a shooting, actually. Someone was shot at a nearby restaurant. There was shooting in the street of Kabukicho. Um, shootings in Japan incredibly rare, so it alarmed a lot of people. It was in the news everywhere. And I ended up cancelling that hotel and staying like the other side of town just to avoid it. Um, so I've never had any personal dealings with the Yakuza. To quote, you can quote me on that. I've never done Surprise anything me. with Yakuza. I've <laughs> never dealt with them or met them really. Um, so I haven't much got much personal experience to talk from, and I don't know many people that do. I mean, they are few and far between, really. Um, but yeah, as Pete said, it's probably not great to romanticise the Yakuza or any gangs for that matter, apart from in Martin Scorsese movies. Right then. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jack Mates Happy Hour is back for a brand new season. It's the podcast where we talk to some of the most exciting people in the world, from Ricky Gervais. In some ways, fame makes you a better person. You know, it's like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God's watching me. But I, I know someone with Everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> to undercover police officers. Can you see the fading scar there, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's where I was stabbed in the neck by a drug dealer once. Or we just talk about whatever's making us laugh right now. When you think back to school kids banter, like, it's well funny because of how immature it is. We had this teacher called Mr. McGibbon, and he had this big cushion that he was teaching us how to rugby tackle on. He just ran up to it, rugby tackled it, but landed on top of it, and one of the kids shouted, it's not your wife, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Listen to Jack Mate's Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Jack Mate's Happy Hour is a Stakano production. And actually, let's turn to the fax machine and we'll lead into a story from Mike, who's a listener who we both actually bumped into, Pete, once upon a time in Kyoto. Right. He's got a photo. Mm-hmm. If you look on the document, uh, you yes. can see me with Mike in front of a shrine and you in the background with your orange helmet from Journey Across oh, the Pan, yes, the night I can actually, in Kyoto. Yeah. Pretty cool. I'm just sort of hanging. I'm hanging out, um, shielding myself from the rain. <laughs> that was it the was so second rainy that day. Night. It was mm. second day when we were. I know it was the first day actually when we arrived in Kyoto and it was pouring rain. I really like that scene yeah. though, because I'd mm. never seen Kyoto in the rain and it was kind of beautiful, wasn't it? The sh- kind of it was, shrines. It was the, the, uh, the, the the lights kind of uh, reflecting off uh, off the off the puddles. Very very beautiful. Off the puddles. Off the puddles. Off the puddles. That's right. But we ran into Mike, and Mike has a story from his time in Japan. It says, hi, cool Chris, and penultimate Pete. Uh, interesting adjectives there. Am I cool? Probably not. But are you penultimate? Yes. I, I don't Long know why I would be penultimate. I don't know. Long-time viewer and listener of both the channel and podcast. I also had the privilege of meeting uh, Chris and Pete on Journey Across Japan in Kyoto. Um, I'd love to. I'd love for Pete to have joined us in the photo. Darn. Ah, because you weren't really in the no, photo. You're in the background. It's a nice photo, though, uh, because you're not in it. A couple of weeks ago, you read an experience another listener had with Yakuza in Japan, and I wanted to share my own. Like you, Chris, I've been fortunate enough to visit Minami Sunriku, uh, the area of Tohoku, to visit some of the people who experienced the 2011 tsunami. That was where I took you, Pete, for the um, the, the documentary in February. That was oh, Minami Sunriku. Right, yes, okay. Mm. The... Um, tragically completely and utterly washed away by the uh, tsunami we stayed in minami sanriku at the local kanyo hotel known for their outdoor onsen and beautiful ocean views while we were there a few friends and i were outdoor in the outdoor portion of the onsen when all of a sudden a fully tattooed man came walking down the stairs and into the water where we were seated needless to say all of us fell deathly silent knowing full well that this man was yakuza for the next awkward 10 minutes that we stayed, we made sure not to make eye contact with him. 
in some unobstantiated fear that he'd do something to us. We eventually left and talked about how we saw a Yakuza uh, gang member in the onsen with a full body tattoo. When we asked our hosts about it later during dinner, they told us that the Yakuza are welcomed at the hotel as well as other parts of the community as they were once... Uh, as they were one of the first responders during the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. They provided food, water and general help during the recovery. And because of that, businesses and townspeople welcomed them openly in their establishments without the usual stereotypical fear associated with them. Needless to say, it was an eye-opening experience, so one that we're not sure, uh, one that we're not going to forget anytime soon. Uh, P.S. We saw him again the next morning at breakfast and quickly walked by, averting our eyes, just in case. Keep up the great work, guys. Mike from Los Angeles. That's, I, I mean, is that a nice story? I guess so. That's kind of I, cool. I, I just like the fact that like every sort of story where someone's encountered somebody who's uh, possibly from uh, the world of, <coughs> excuse me, organised crime, um, they're just constantly averting their eyes. Um, I I wish I had that power where people wouldn't, would look at me and go, I can't, I can't look directly at him. He's too dangerous. He's too important. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look directly at Pete Donaldson. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, you have a tattoo, Pete, you have a few tattoos. You could be, I have a few, yeah. If you walk into the hot spring, avert your gaze. I'm I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that the accuser do have, um, tattoos of, the ghost pirate LeChuck from the Monkey Island 2 video game or um, the cat in the hat. Uh, cat in the hat cat big in hat. Japanese mythology. It means respect. It means power. It means danger. <laughs> it means That'll be a great conversation. A great conversation starter in a hot spring. Um, but I guess it's an interesting story about, you know, again, going back to the Yakuza kind of, I mean, that's On the thing. a bit of a it's, PR drive. Well, it's a good PR stunt, but at the same time, that's just probably them just being human, right? They have friends and family in the town. It's there. They're there as much as anyone. They're just a normal. This guy was just a normal guy trying to help the situation. So I don't know. What's a PR stunt and what's just a general nice move? Oh, I, think we, I think we may be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe romant- romanticizing some pretty awful people at this point, Juncture. <laughs> but at least they helped. <laughs> but at least and they helped. At least they helped. Because they had the finances to do so. <laughs> <laughs> Jess in Hull. Oh, dear. What have we got? Jess, who have we got? Hang on, where are we? Where are we? Jess in. Where have we got? Jess in Hull. Uh, dear Chris and Pete. Thank you for increasing the podcast to twice weekly. Uh, You've doubled the comedy and escapism in my week. Uh, And every little helps when you're a stay-at-home mum. Oh, Jess, I hope you've uh, fared okay in uh, lockdown. A lot of uh, of mums and dads, so many mums, let's face it, uh, in my my life having a a rough old time. Uh, My question is is for Chris. Um, Many of my friends who have lived abroad describe a kind of reverse culture shock they experienced when back in the UK for any length of time. Is this something you have experienced given how long you've lived in Japan and the cultural gap with British life? Are there any changes you've noticed in the UK since you lived there uh, that make it feel foreign to you? And do you think these might make it hard for you to adjust if you ever moved back? I guess that's really three related questions. Uh, So sorry for being greedy. Uh, Keep being awesome. From Jess, Jess, Jess in uh, Hull, uh, from the UK. Uh, yes, I, I'll take this on. Uh, I'll take the start of this one because uh, yes, I think Chris would be um, regarded as being very strange if he ever had to come back to uh, England for uh, for any length of time. <laughs> it would be odd. I mean, uh, it's interesting. Over the years, I feel like Japan is my home, and the UK is the second place now. It's taken a few years to get to that. I say it took like four or five years before I truly felt like that. 
Um, I don't get reverse culture shock anymore. I get reverse culture excitement, which is literally where I get off the plane. I'm like, wow, a Greg's. Wow. Uh, another Greg's. Wow. A Marks and Spencer's. And I can eat things like sausage rolls and bacon. And that's kind of exciting. But after I'd say about two weeks, the excitement's gone. And I feel like I've got nothing to do here. I don't have any purpose while I'm in the UK. And I start to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And by three weeks, I feel like I'm being tortured. I need to get back quick to do something productive. So that's the, the three stages of being in the UK, getting back, being excited by sausage rolls, and then wanting to come home because you've got no work to do. That's reverse culture shock for me. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, what have I noticed about the UK? Not a whole lot, really. I think one thing I noticed when I first came back, though, um, after two and a half years of being here, when I was really kind of culture shocked, the thing that hit me was the architecture um you know the architecture in in the uk is kind of nicer we have a lot of nice old brick buildings in japan everything's kind of modern uh and i really do i did admire for the first time british architecture um and one more interesting thing is whenever i'm in london the skyline seems to be so much bigger so much bigger every year i go back there's a whole new skyscraper it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger each year whereas tokyo has more or less stayed the same but yeah that's my thoughts um but no, for me, Japan feels like home now, and the UK is more like a holiday destination. It's quite a weird situation, to be honest. Reverse for you. <laughs> Definitely. I was, just, I was watching, uh, somebody sent me this absolute dickhead. Um, I can't tell whether he's a comedy character or, or just a dickhead. I think he might just be a dickhead. Um, right. Who uh, appears to have married his auntie or something. Um, Callum, Callum Aronson on uh, Twitter. He's this kind of, this kind of American boy. A very soft right. voice, who's uh, obsessed with the um, with Japanese exceptionalism, and uh, uh, and he's a he's a fascist basically, who talks about <laughs> the uh, about he's got very strong feelings about um, the Korean comfort women and how Korean people are, are scum and Chinese people are the worst, oh, and um, everyone are against Japan, and he's just got a lot of what do you call that rising sun with the. Um, with the lines coming out of it, that's not used anymore because it uh, it it's it's, it's uh, it indicates Japanese imperialism. Right. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called. Flag, I forget it? what it's called. Yeah. Um, Imperial flag. He's yeah. he's just he's, he's he's made a bit of a stink on uh, on Twitter um, because he said he. <laughs> Hey, I've just married my auntie, um, and then he just didn't make it clear that he said he'd married his auntie by marriage uh, <laughs> rather than blood. Either way. Fucking weirdo, yeah. but I very much enjoyed watching. I, I love watching weird people on Twitter. They um they astound me with their uh with their insanity. It's it, well, it, thanks it, to you. It, I won't be following him anytime soon. No, but I, no. thanks to you, I follow Shibuya Meltdown, which is slightly more lighthearted. Oh, they, they to, <laughs> well, they seem to have about several like they seem to have several accounts, and there seems to be no end in sight uh, with the with the raw materials i don't really know who started the originals but um i think it may have been i can't remember who showed me at first it might have been your friend ian um but mm. yeah shibuya meltdown just a lot of people who are pissed in shibuya um just you know lying in in, in flower beds and on the floor and in tube stations and stuff like that and it's just like um, I don't know how they managed to find so many pictures of people just absolutely blacked out of their minds. It's incredible, really. Well, I mean, I was in Shibuya not too long ago, and I remember wandering through and seeing like three or four people just asleep in like the middle of the road, a flower bed, the stairs, mm. these really precarious, just awful situations and places to fall asleep in. Line your and stomachs. I, Line your I was stomachs. tempted. 
I was tempted to take a photo, but I just thought <laughs> this feels wrong, like taking advantage of people yeah. like that. But mm. if someone else takes it's a very the photo, unique, it's all right. It's a very unique Japanese uh, experience, I think. We, you know, for all of the like, we have a drinking culture in, in England that we're scared of, but also we celebrate it. Um, but you don't see the sights that you see on a Saturday night in uh, Basketball Street <laughs> in, uh, in 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 Shibuya. <laughs> very true. Um, we got one here from Javier. He says, "Hi, Donny and Japanese spy man." Mm-hmm. I that's the, the best title so far today. I'm Javier from California. Recently, I had a weird dream about being in, about being in Japan. It started oh. by sitting down at a Japanese restaurant. As I sat down, this random Japanese man sat down next to me and started buying me drinks. The, f- the first drink was a glass of orange. <laughs> the first drink was a glass of orange juice. The second drink was a glass of wine, and the third drink was a root beer float. As I drank the root beer <laughs> okay. float, the ja- the Japanese man tried to make me say Rutobiru Furoto. But no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't say Rutobiru Furoto. As a result of failing to pronounce it, I woke up shouting, Root beer float, root beer float, just like a thumb from Skyrim. <laughs> Chris, I have to know, are root beer floats popular in Japan? Pete, have you ever dreamt about being in Japan? Love you guys, keep up the good work. Have you from California? What is that? <laughs> I've so never, weird. I've never, uh, I've never had, <laughs> I've not, I can't remember last time I had a, I, had a, I love root beer and I love ice cream. Me I've too. had a, um, you see in restaurants a lot in Japan, a melon soda float, you do. don't you? Um, and they're very delicious. Yeah, they're no, delicious. Come no. On. Come no, on, they're delicious. <laughs> they're awful. But I did have a, a Coca-Cola float just last week. Oh, lovely. It was that good. Oh, I remember it that well. I have never had a root beer float in Japan. Root beer is notoriously difficult to find unless you go to like a pizza restaurant, an American style pizza joint uh, or a right, burger yeah. restaurant like TGI Fridays. You can get A and W. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know that's that's it. That's that's you can't get root beer floats. If you can, uh, let us know if you're listening in. Um, Pete, have you ever dreamt about being in Japan? Have you, Pete? Um... No, I don't think I have. Even when I've sort of been in the, even when I've been in Japan, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever sort of dreamed. I don't do a lot of like very visceral kind of straight up um, dreaming. Really, it's uh, it's all very sort of abstract and weird. Like last night, I dreamt that there was um, flooding happening in my loft, and there was flowers God. coming out of the loft. Um, Ooh, flower, it was it, 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 it looked very very pretty, but I was scared to open the um, the loft. Um, hatch because the water was going to come down and the flowers, but uh, yeah, it's just random stuff like that, and it just absolute bloody nonsense. Other people's that dreams feels like a metaphor. People... For metaphor. what? There's... Well, I don't what, know. Like, holding I'm very holding, fertile. Holding up north. T- oh god! <laughs> holding, holding back the tide, the tide of flowers. Tide of yeah. flowers. Holding back the tide of flowers. <laughs> it's beautiful. That is. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Stunning. My my dreams are always just rubbish. I, actually, the only mm. dream recurring dream I have is that I'm on a plane that's crashing. And that's probably why oh. I don't particularly like flying. Because that happens I, every I, week. I have those dreams. I have those dreams when I'm on planes. I'll wake I'll, oh God. I'll dream I'll dream that I've landed and, and survived. I'll be in the water or something. Um and then I'll wake up and I'll still be on the on the flight. <laughs> that is horrific. that's horrific. I've 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 do remember vividly a nightmare I had on a plane where I was in a plane that crashed and I woke up and I was still in the plane and that was horrible, and that was torture. 
Um, and let's mm. move on swiftly before I bring back too many bad memories. We've got one from Jamie. Do you want to read that out while I drink my Red Bull concentrated medicine yeah, stuff? Yeah, I just need to find my Jamie. Jess from Hall. Up, Javier. Um, Jamie, Jamie, got it. Jamie Maddock, the proud 13-month Patreoner. Uh, where can people find the Patreoner if they want to support your work, Chris? Yes, the Broad Japan channel does have a Patreon. It's called Patreon Abroad in Japan. It's, I'll just type in that and it will come Patreon. up. Patreon.com forward slash Abroad in Japan. Get it right, Chris. Absolutely. I shouldn't have get to, it up there. I don't get a cut from that. Why am I selling <laughs> it? Uh, hey, Chris and Pete, apologies for the strange title, but I made it clickbaity as I really wanted you to read this email. I really want to thank you both for making the past 15 months of my life some of the most transformative I could ever imagine. All my life I've struggled with my weight and uh, never had any success in dieting. But after finding our YouTube channel uh, and uh, and listening to the podcast, I developed a real urge to go to Japan and absorb as much culture as I possibly can. Didn't have the confidence to go at my heaviest, so I started dieting and listening to your podcast. So I began exercising and booked a flight for October of this year. I'm now nine stone light, bloody hell, nine stone Whoa. lighter than my 15 God. months ago. My God, Jesus. Um, that's incredible. Um, and have one more stone before I hit my long-term target. I just want to thank you both for, um, uh, because I don't think I could have uh, done this without the inspiration I get from both the videos and the podcasts. Even though my uh, trip in October looks ominous at the moment due to the coronavirus, I still look forward to go- going to um, the Tokyo Metropolitan Building and eating a guilt-free chocolate cake on my first hey. day and then a coolish the day after. Uh, also, congratulations on moving up to um, two podcasts a week. You're both amazing people. Look, we, we've moved up to two podcasts a week. Just to make you work that a little bit harder to get rid of that final stone, but bloody hell, well done, uh, Jamie. That's uh, that's incredible. That that is uh, I, I can't shift a pound. Bloody hell, incredible! Wow, what a legend! What an absolute legend, yeah. Jamie. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what nine stone is. What's that in kilograms? I used to measure in stone, but since Jenny across Japan, it's just been kilograms. I think I lost like well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm eleven. So, like I'm. I'm under just under eleven stone, like so. That's it's me. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a lot of stone Incredible. that you lost. Cracking work, Jamie. I wouldn't know how. How did you do it, Jamie? Let me know. Tell me the secret, please. Mm. These Red Bull drinks are taking their toll on my stomach. Yeah, and, yeah. Don't uh, drink them. I think it's probably don't drink that. <laughs> don't drink your weird energy jelly. You're weird. I'm learning my lesson. <laughs> uh, but I like his. I like Jamie's reference to the guilt-free chocolate cake on the uh, mm. the restaurant, the Tokyo Metropolitan Building. That is a reference to my first day in Japan when I was very jet lagged, very tired. Um, I arrived in the I arrived in Shinjuku skyscraper district and checked into the Keio Plaza Hotel. Like all the ALTs do on the jet program, all the assistant language teachers, we spend like three or four days in this big hotel listening to really boring seminars and i remember everyone was like let's go out for a drink and i was like i've got something i need to do and i walked away from everyone and snuck off to the tokyo metropolitan building which is nearby actually and uh rode the elevator up to the 40th 42nd floor i think and from there had just the most incredible view of tokyo sitting there alone looking out over a city of 36 million people at sundown uh dusk it was beautiful i ordered a chocolate cake i got halfway through the chocolate cake and then i fell asleep at the bar counter overlooking the view uh with this beautiful chocolate cake next to me it was magical pete and i was so jet lagged it was horrific but i remember that very vividly and beautiful. you should do it too the next time you're in japan <laughs> guilt-free chocolate beautiful cake. and if you have taken it keep 
the stories, comments, questions coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. If you're clever like Jamie, do use a clickbait title because we, we appear to have clicked on his message. I don't know what the clickbait title was, but it certainly worked. Um, but we'll be back same time in the next few days to do it all over again, guys. Thanks for joining us this Wednesday, Thursday, wherever you are out there in the big wide world. We'll be back Sunday to do it all over again. But for now, take care, enjoy the next few days and stay safe. Have some chocolate cake. a Stakhanov production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.